Is this because of the duck thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh. I've not taken this hoodie off in a month and a half. And then when you're done, you feel the most shamed ever. There we go. Always professional. What the fuck is even classic, happening? Classic sort of story. It came out to high critical acclaim. And it's Pokemon Snap. If you're pressed to tank, it goes <laughs> Like, what Buddy. is going Buddy. on? I was on, I was on edibles. <laughs> Not a pornography. This is a podcast. Uh, and you got the name wrong again. I, I like your duck shirt. Thanks. It's a duck. Welcome to Two Dads and a Podcast. One the one podcast, podcast to rule to them rule all. Them all. <laughs> Wait, we did one not re fucking rehearse to that. Find them. <laughs> one podcast to bring them all. And, and in the, in darkness, the darkness, bind them. Bind them. We did not it's rehearse a cock that ring, at all. by the way. Yes, they didn't mention that, but it is a cock ring. Well, I mean, um, it changes its size to to it's be. A, do they make mood cock rings that j- change colors depending on your? <laughs> <laughs> have not. So that's you. getting cut. Um, <laughs> well, guys, we hell of a fucking time. <laughs> are now doing the book to the movie book comparison. Rings, yeah. Of the Lord of the Rings. And we're, we're so excited man. for this. The Fellowship God of the damn Ring. It. I fucking... Oh, so You good. know what? There was a moment in my life where... I mean, I obviously I love the books. But you know I'm a movie fucking freak. And there was a moment in my life where I could quote the fucking movie word for word start to finish. Oh, yeah. With, with no fucking... And you know this. And we spent so much time watching the movies. The Shit, how many times did books? we watch it Fucking, beginning oh. to like literally the very first movie, all extended editions, if all the way through? If my wife even hears the title screen, she shuts down. It is just instant because she's traumatized <laughs> by the number of times. <laughs> one and day, it, one day great. soon, we need to we need to have a, a sleepover, like <laughs> oh, like when oh, we were man. kids. And this, start this with The bad. Hobbit this and go all the way through Lord of the Rings. I got a nasty taste in my mouth now. It has nothing to do with when we were kids. No, so <laughs> book to film, Lord of the Rings. This is, uh, I'm excited to jump into it. And it, this is going to be a weird thing because uh, with The Hobbit, you know, we tried to do the best we could because it's one book, three movies. This one is three books, three movies, but. It's not linear for the books, but yes. it is linear for the movies. Yes, and it and it needed to be for the storytelling in the the movie itself. Yeah. You know, you've got to have you, a beginning, middle, and end. You can't you kind can't of float around, leaven it, and just like bounce around to shit. You know, it, it, they were telling a fucking story, and so when when you really break it down, you're separating these books into movies, and so we're going to do the best we can to do a comparison. Yes, there are a lot of differences, but a, I would say 75% of the differences don't make a change in the plot or the story or how yeah. the characters are. So we're going to cover yeah, we, most we of the ones like, we feel are either a bigger plot change than it needed to be or, yeah. you know, or a character being changed, personalities, settings. So we'll start off right at the beginning. And this one's not really a, a huge deal, but the prologue with Galadriel, re, you know, talking about the power of the rings and, you know, her quoting a lot, you know, some of the book where, you know, it talks about the men getting their rings and the elves getting their rings and everything. Right. I and like this edition 
to the movie. I like this being Honestly, in there because look, you don't get that information unless you really <laughs> dive into the appendices or into the Cimmerillion and you, you know, you don't get that information. Here's otherwise. the thing. Here's the thing. You, this whole sequence is eight minutes and 15 seconds. Yes. I fucking counted. Well, it course. is a long prologue, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't. And, and when you put it into context with this is the very first movie you're seeing, they have to set it up. And it's it's I mean, it's there's a lot, done. a lot of background background information that yeah. the film needs to portray. It needs to get this information and, and out there. Would there be anybody you would want saying it other than Gladriel? No, I mean, she is, but they definitely picked, I, I guess there could be an argument for Gandalf, but I feel like Galadriel with, with her age, her wisdom, you know, I, I like yeah. that choice. I really, really do like that choice. No, I, I, am 100% with you. And, and honestly, like when, when we're talking about casts, Kate Blanchett is a, such a oh. good actress. And well, and, until you get a little bit further. Impending doom. I know she's speaking <laughs> impending doom. I don't but want anybody so else soothing. talking impending doom to me besides <laughs> Kate Blanchett. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so but I no, I love it. Yeah. So to move on a little bit, some some minor things happened, you know, kind of at the beginning that did kind of yeah. change a little bit of layout. For example, you know, Frodo get, getting in Gandalf's wagon, not a huge deal. It introduces us to their relationship sooner. Yeah. Where in the book and they don't meet up until after the the big party for bilbo but you have to establish this type of things especially in a movie a yes. first movie and it, i love it because it shows the whimsical nature just the carefree nature of the hobbits through yes. that whole character it ride. really does you know because the at fireworks the well at the, the beginning of the motherfucker book. whose wife hates him because <laughs> he smiles a little bit you know no but it just shows like the hobbits are in this world and of their own. A lot of they this exist outside, you know, between that and the, the party itself and, you know, introducing Mary and Pippin a lot earlier than yeah. what the book does. It kind of like, like you said, it introduces us to the hobbits and their personalities and their carefree nature, where in the book you have an entire section dedicated regarding hobbits and it tells you about their lives and what they do and how simple and just carefree they are you don't get an entire chapter to dedicate to that so you have to show it on screen so right. i do really enjoy the introductions of some of these characters a little sooner and letting well, us know about that the way they did it was just fun you know there are all these clouds and doom fucking starting to build around them but they are living in their own world and um they you're reminded that constantly through the books and the movies how well into a lot of people who never read the books never read the hobbit never read lord of the rings and of course the hobbit movies came out much later this is yeah. our first introduction to this race this is our first introduction to these kind of people and so you really need yeah. to spell that out to people you can't just drop subtle hints you know, yeah, it's and, not and a suspense. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta put down, you know, you gotta show their fucking hairy ass calloused feet. That's right. And, and that's hard look farmers. Those they, feet they, are really uh, important. I'm convinced Hobbiton Hobbits. is just Ohio. Uh, it's just like <laughs> farmers. Hey, you uh, leave uh, my farmers. feet out of this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, but it's brilliant. You have to like hit it hard, hit it soon because 
constantly throughout the rest of this journey, they're going to harken back to the, the Shire. Now, I will say pretty soon after, you know, after the party was done and everything in the movies, they did start yeah. to detract from some of the personalities of the characters pretty quickly. And one of those was Gandalf right off the bat in the right, movie right. when, you know, he learns that the ring that Frodo now has that Bilbo left to him is the one ring in the movie. He's, he's very frantic. frantic. He's very like, he's, is, it, is, yeah. it, is it secret? Is it safe? You know, he's, he's so panicky. But and honestly, he's this hundreds year old. He's wise composed. He, he holds himself he's, with great dignity yeah. and composure. And, but in the movies, they really did kind of, they, they had him real panicky and like, scared and he wouldn't have been like that you know he in, I mean, in, in the book he had a pleasant breakfast with frodo and talked to frodo about it almost leisurely but this brings me to a direct quote from peter jackson one of the biggest problems with adapting the books tolkien gave his characters a fairly leisurely journey i don't mean the length of the journey but rather the lack of dramatic tension especially pre rivendell and i agree with that you can't have yeah. this super leisurely, just super calm movie all the way through. People aren't going to sit through that. Yeah. Honestly, it's acted and portrayed so well that you like you get so caught up in it. You don't even think twice when you're watching it. No. Yeah, I mean, Ian McKellen is so phenomenal. In Sir this Ian McKellen. Sir Ian fucking McKellen. Uh, right. Much as we discussed in the last episode with McGonagall, where the actor, you know, it's that actor, you know, you know, it's fucking Magneto, but he falls into the role and he becomes the fucking role. And so whatever he does as this character is so believable. And he is Gandalf. Yeah. It's I mean, another case. If somebody said, imagine Gandalf the gray, you're immediately going to picture Sir Ian McKellen. And that's just how or, it is. That just really I mean, is how it is. It is. And I'll fucking hug him if I ever see him. Like, just embrace him. And, <laughs> I, you know, he yep. he pulls it off. I, what, what the fuck else can you say? And so this all, like, it, it rolls into uh, a cataclysm of just slightly off events. Slightly, slightly different off. from yep. the, the book. But it's, the way it's not they portray enough. it of a difference yeah. like i said a lot of the the stuff right after this up until one of the next bigger things isn't big one thing you know to mention only because we talked about him at length for the hobbit movies this is one of those things that i feel like if they made the hobbit movies before the lord of the rings things would have been a little different for example radagast the brown is in the lord of the rings where in the hobbit wait, he's technically yeah was he, he was in the hobbit though wasn't he not in the books he was only oh, mentioned in the in books, the books right. but now he's actually <laughs> here so it's one of those hindsight's 2020 kind of thing yeah where you know in the book radagast the brown is the one who you know he finds gandalf and tells him that saruman wants to see him and meet with him whereas in the movie, it's just Gandalf has, realizes, oh, this is he the one wants, ring. Let me go counsel. seek this aid. Let me seek this yeah. counsel. And it, it's not a huge, uh, like a huge difference in the 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 way it was, you know, came out and him going to Isengard because that was going that happened regardless. But you know, you took out a character that you then later 
added to movies that he didn't actually <laughs> exist in. He was only mentioned. So, <laughs> but this um, is one of those you know, where, as fucking super fans, we loved seeing him get his uh, his role. You know, uh, but I don't. He wasn't needed. I'll say no. It, it wasn't um, necessarily needed, and and I one hundred percent. I 100% agree. Like it wasn't necessary to the overall plot, but it does kind of add this kind of feeling that Gandalf is under Saruman versus them being equals. Whereas in the book, they are much more their peers versus like, you know, a hierarchy kind of thing. So, right. Yeah, it, it is a bit. Uh, it is a bit of a change to Gandalf's character as a whole. So we've got that panicky Gandalf. We have a Gandalf yeah. who is, but this is the kind type of subservient. This this is the type of character development that really plays to movies. Um, because like you said, like you feel like Gandalf is under uh, Saruman and he's seeking his counsel. He wants the wisdom, and then they they face off and all that shit. Um, this is movie plot. You got to think movies. Yep. Uh, and, and it, that's why it doesn't bother me. That's so why we're, it doesn't we're getting bother me. To the, the hobbits are running away, right? We're, we're yeah. moving on yeah. to so this now. Frodo realizes, you know, well, Gandalf realizes that Frodo has the ring. And now that he, he realizes that he needs to get Frodo somewhere safe. So he sends him off. And this is, this is one of those kind of, it doesn't seem big but it's a pretty drastic change in when characters meet and when like some of the character personalities and it, it and it led to kind of a snowball effect again not necessarily for a bad reason but if you compare directly book to movie so mary pippin they're stealing vegetables from farmer maggot and frodo and sam they end up running into them and then they all run away in the book, what ends up happening is Frodo and Sam are already with Pippin. They left the Shire together, and Mary is off on a wagon to go set up a home. We in the movie we don't even get that. Oh, Frodo's going to go live in a different house than Bag End. Wait, like that never happens in the movie, right? Why doesn't it happen? It's not necessary for the overall overall plot, and it I understand drive, that it yeah, doesn't drive the, the story forward. When but, you have a four-hour movie with extended features, you, you tend to trim some fat. Yes, <laughs> is all I'm gonna say. It did it, and it did change a few things. Like Farmer Maggot, for example, in the book, he's he's a you know well-known farmer in the area. Frodo grew up eating his vegetables, and you know he stole some of his vegetables when right. he was a kid. But in the movie, it's in the get movie, off my lawn. yeah, where in the book, you know, they stop and they have a, a nice meal and the then, you know. yeah. And then Farmer Maggot drives them down to the ferry <laughs> after they already encountered the Black Rider. And so this is right. one of those big changes where in the movie, you know, they meet up at the farm. They're running away from Farmer Maggot. They run off on this trail. They stop the you know fucking tumble over a cliff come out of the fucking tree stump and shit <laughs> and they take off it's suspenseful i'm not gonna it lie is. it's a and great i, bit I of loved film. it and you know there was a little bit of humor with them falling down the hill and then the black rider show up and it's suspenseful it's dramatic it's tension and i like that but the black riders in the book never chased them to the ferry you know they 
they encountered them, sure. And they hide and the writer goes by and that's pretty much the extent of it in the book. And it's kind of boring in comparison. And I yeah, get that. I mean, what what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> again, it comes they, back they to that, that great quote. sequence. It comes back from that <laughs> quote from Peter Jackson of Tolkien giving his characters a leisurely journey. Now, one of the big things that I do feel should have stayed because it wasn't leisurely at this point. And this it, this was honestly one of the most intense moments in the book is when the hobbits, they journey to Crick Hollow, which is where Frodo's, you know, home was going to end up being and everything. Right. right. And they they go through the the Barrow Downs and they meet these Barrow Whites and these evil beings and they chase them and they get scared off in the book by Tom Bombadil. This everybody super... hated the loss of oh, the bombs man. I love Bombadil. Right? He's he, so <laughs> he's such a cool character. He's he cool is cat, man. a very leisurely and happy go lucky and simple character, but it shows. That's I exactly love what I'm saying. Cool cat, brother. Yeah, He's, I loved and, and, him in the book because it showed that the One Ring wasn't all powerful. There was, <laughs> there were limits. You know, Tom Bombadil could put it on, didn't disappear. He wasn't right. corrupted by it. He didn't seek it out. He didn't want it. He wasn't greedy. Well, does that say it. more about the Ring, or does that say more about everybody fucking else who could be corrupted? <laughs> Well, this dude, I, I, and, and that's this the thing. The I like that. <laughs> I like that, though, because it shows that there are people out there who aren't this. You know, of course, you it could be what? argued that well, Tom that's, Bombadil that's not... is some even higher being <laughs> and all that. That's not fucking reality, man. OK, no, Um, it was tragic to lose Tom Bombadil. It really was. But, you know, you had like we mentioned in The Hobbit, you have at this point because you didn't mention any part of where they're going other than they're going to Brie, you know, yep. that's the mm -hmm. next point you mentioned. And so you wrote yourself into this conundrum. Yep. You essentially wrote yourself into writing out a character, but also as, as a time saver at that point. So yeah. this out of and, all three movies is probably the biggest sticking point for fans. Yes. Yes. And this point you ask me anytime. And for the last, you know what, how long has this movie been out now? 20 years, <laughs> maybe not that long, but it's been a long ass time. So, <laughs> Actually, is extremely close to twenty years. So don't fuck. Oh God, <laughs> don't remind me. But the th the thing is, the old forest, the Barrow Whites, the Tom Bombadil. That was all really important in the book, and that's why we're spending so much time on this. Because in the book, it it sets up a lot of background information. It you know that's where Mary gets his sword, where where he later uses it in a a major fight. And so, and, and it's, like I said, it's one of the scariest moments in the book for these, these hobbits. They've never been outside of the Shire. They don't know the terrors of Middle Earth and how it actually can be. And this is their first experience with that. And it's completely removed. And they, they get well, that, I guess, with the, the Black Riders, but it's still not as yeah. in depth as it could have been. So I see your point there. But the one thing I do like about how the film goes about it is it really it does a great job of slowly opening up this world just bit by yes. bit. It gets just slightly bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. It doesn't just 
throw you into it. And and yeah, okay. and and I I do agree with that, you know, that linear element to the movies. And you know, I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. I wish Tom Bombadil was still right. in there, but I, I get it because when they met Tom I, Bombadil, I, I, it kind of stopped for a moment. I th- I think they the pacing was yeah. You know, it, if they put that in the movie exactly how it was in the book, the pacing would have stopped and it would have been like the movie started over again. And I get that. Right. You can't I, well, you can't really do that. As brilliant as Philippa, Fran and Peter's writing is, I think they could have feathered the feathered it in. I, th- I think they could have made a, a storyline that worked it in and worked it in a genius way that that still slowly brought you into this world. You know, you start with Hobbiton, you start with here's, a you know, you start with wizard, the, the greater Shire you know, and then you expand outside of guy there. and they still could have worked that in. So that will always be the biggest knock and, but they know it, they acknowledged it and they owned it. And that's why I appreciate it as yeah, much as I do. Absolutely. So that's it, right? That was the end of the movie. Yeah, that's right the end there. of the movie. Yep, that right point. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, that's that's about an on. hour and a half into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So we're moving on to Peter Jackson's um, cameo, right? <laughs> Where yeah, he's eating a he's, carrot. Yeah, he, he's like the was yeah. he only in the extended edition for this one? Or was I, he in the, I think he was in the theatrical, theatrical. version of this one too. Okay. Cause yeah. I know like, honestly, I, I love his cameos in all three movies. They're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Um, so that, that's probably a tip of the hat. So we're in Brie here. Yep. We're in Brie in the movie. You know, it's dark, it's rainy, it's Gothic feeling in the book. It's yeah. a little more pleasant and, I don't mind that it's difference. As I don't fuck in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh man, the movie it's like a freaking swampland. But I like that. I like that dramatic tension. I like adding that in there because right. you know they are running from these black riders. It adds just that level of extra, like frightening element to it. And right. I like that because it, a place like Bree for for humans. You know, you get Peter Jackson. He's known for these crazy, kooky horror movies. He knows how to fucking add tension. You know? Oh yeah. Well, and to, he knows what scares him, and he knows how to scare you a little bit. <laughs> to his credit, you know, to think on the element and to portray what you would get in text, Bree to Hobbits is scary, especially if you've never been outside of the Shire. The houses are three times larger. The people are, you know, two to three times taller than you are. Everything is bigger. It's scary. How do you portray that in film? You make it look scary. So I like that change. I like that tension and the adding that level of, you know, terror almost to it. Strider. So you're introduced to this character. You're introduced well, to him. And it's almost identical how he's introduced. You know, he's yeah. in the the tavern. He's off in the corner. He's kind of creepy and off on his right. own. You get to see the ring in action, which is where it's very, very contrast. close. Yeah. But there is a little difference there. But, there, you know, y- you see Frodo disappear accidentally and Strider comes in and kind of talks to them and and cool fuck man this movie has got it all <laughs> so we we get the stabbing of the the uh, the pillows pillows um, which doesn't exist in the book at all in this <laughs> 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 it's fucking brilliant for a fucking scene i'm just i look like i'm jerking myself off here on the on the video stream so it's brilliant for the movie 
I mean, it's like you said, dramatic and all that shit. And, and they're watching it, and you get the, ah, the screaming of the race mm-hmm. as they're stabbing the pillows. It's very dramatic. They escape it. So you move on to their working their way through, and they get to this fucking what? What? what uh, uh, is it? Uh, uh, like an abandoned fort? The Weathertop uh, Tower. It's called Weathertop. It, it's like a, an X Tower. It's got some ruins up there. Yeah. Uh. You. You know. It's kind of. Well, I would say it's just ruins. We don't really know exactly what's up there unless you really get in depth. I think they might mention it in some of the uh like appendices or something, but. It's been so right. long since I've I've dove into those. But they get up to Weathertop. And then, oh God. And uh, motherfuckers cook some food. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It, man, you just can't take a hobbit anywhere. You know? They're one of those people. They're like the Karens of Middle Earth. They're just <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a fucking... I'm hungry, so I'm gonna eat. Sizzle my bacon here. Yeah. You know? and, and just fucking draw in everybody. And All so right. the Nazgul or the yep. the Ring Wraiths show up and they they attack. The Black Riders appear. Yeah. And the the kings of old come to In in the book, honestly, I feel like this this would have been a better portrayal for Frodo cuz you know, in the movie he he pulls out his sword and he topples over and he gets stabbed and it's like he's a little bitch and you know, <laughs> it's kind of he's he's not very <laughs> You know, he's not very courageous at this point, but in the book, he really is. You know, he's got four, you know, three, four Nazgul advancing on him. And, you know, he pulls out his sword. Merry and Pippin jump down and some of the Nazgul stop. They halt. They they see his sword. Oh, which let's rewind a little bit. The sword in the movie that Strider happens to give them. Right. Mm hmm. So Strider or Aragorn gives all these hobbits elvish swords. Where did he get them? Was he literally just riding around with these elvish swords? Kind of had like this was another point for Tom Bombadil (laughs) because that's who gave them the swords in the book because they fought the Barrow Whites. So Tom Bombadil gives them weapons, and to him, honestly, these like super nice elvish blades were probably n- nothing more than, you know, letter openers. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so back to Weathertop, Frodo draws his sword and one of the Nazgul, only one of them, the rest of them salt, you know, stop when he pulls out a sword, but one of them comes forward yeah. and stabs him. And it's, it kind of changes Frodo's character a little bit here and it gives his courage. Yeah. To Strider, it gives his courage to Aragorn, whereas in the book, Aragorn doesn't fight. He doesn't even, you know, really have a weapon out in the book. He he leaps out with a, a flaming brand and he doesn't fight them and he scares them off. Whereas the only one who was really willing to fight at that moment in the book was Frodo. And so I like that to an extent, but I get again we understand why they took every everything and did everything that they did in the movies. Yeah. They so, needed so. the Nazgul to be threatening and terrifying and scary. In between wow. all of this, Gandalf Man. has been captured by Saruman. That's right. And so in the film, we're, we're shown the scene. Gandalf is on Orthnak in this big tower and he's captured and he grabs this moth, sends off for, you know, Gwai here, the giant eagle, 
to come and save him. Mothra, right? Yes. Um, they exactly. meet up with Godzilla later. And then, you know, they fight Mechagodzilla with King Kong. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. No. Okay, that's what I thought. So, but in the book, this is another hindsight is 2020 kind of thing, because Gandalf is saved by Gwai here. He is saved by the giant eagle. Yeah. Who was sent by Radagast to bring some news to Gandalf and Saruman. It's a huge, huge difference where you could have kept this character in now that you've already established, you know, you've now established him being in the universe with the Hobbit. So it's a hindsight kind of thing. Now put on your director's hat. It's if not you have necessary. Radagast here, if you have Radagast here, you complicate things. Because now you have this triangle of kind of, and you get this gray area with Saruman. With the movie, gotta have him straight to the bad guy. Yep. And and I get that. Him there I do like that. Fast. You know, yeah. and kind of getting, giving Gandalf some of these more magical moments kind of establishes him as a a true wizard. He has these powers. He can do these things. So I, I do like that. I do like that. It does, you know, of course, get rid of a character. It gets, you know, kind of meshes a couple characters together. Right. And so it, it's it's not terrible. So with this, we also get a scene with orcs and how orcs are being born. And just we all like know that orcs just Power pop Rangers out of movie. The, the ground um, like the putties, right? Just just like the Power Rangers movie, they just pop out of a pod. And, and <laughs> the, the crazy thing about this is, is, is they explain later exactly how the Orakai came to be where they were fallen elves. They mm-hmm. did explain this in one of the movies, right? They're fallen elves. I believe they shit. mentioned it. Yeah. And, 100% but, in the books. Yeah. It, but in, in the movie, they're they, born out like they're incubated mm-hmm. in the earth. And they have to cut down just a bunch like of trees, ooze, man, just like Power Rangers, you know, and they just kind of it, it is putty. a bit of a change because it, it shows in the movie that they are creations and not an actual race. Whereas in the book, they reproduce right, right. in the manner of the children of Iluvatar. They they fuck. <laughs> I mean, they're a race. They're they're a, a species. They're a race. They reproduce. And so it kind of makes them out to be more like they're literally just tools right versus being their own sentient race so but now it plays but at the same time later on when they try and add depth to these characters in the movies it makes a little less sense because they've already just made them like you said tools yes so so now we we move along you know they're they're traveling along and a nice little hint to the Hobbit where they have the stone stone trolls. They run into those, but Frodo needs help. And so they meet up with Arwen in the woods and they need. She realizes that Frodo is going to become a wraith, essentially. King's if he's not going to cut it, man. And only, only, only her father can do it in the book. You don't see Arwen until they are already in Rivendell. This is this is an right. early introduction of her character to kind of showcase that she is a, an independent, strong 
woman character. And I like that. I really, really like introducing her earlier because in the book you have Glorfindel who meets them at the, at, at the river. Sure. Cool. Ask me if I remembered Glorfindel's name, (laughs) you know, two hours ago before I started researching this. No, he's a nobody character. So it's similar to what they did with Legolas in the Hobbit movies. Technically he could have been there. So why not? You know, with, with this, give it to a named character, give it to somebody more important. The only thing that I do kind of not like about this scene is it does take away from Frodo's courage and his step up and his bravery right. because, you know, as they're riding across and it's El- Elrond who ends up causing the, the giant wave again, giving that to Arwen's not a big deal. But having her ride with him, Frodo, across this river, you know, it looks good. It feels good. But in and honestly, when are you going to not add Liv Tyler just liberally into any movie? <laughs> <laughs> but in the book, during the escape from the Black Riders, you know, Frodo turns and he runs. He's, a, he's you shall not you shall have neither the ring nor me. And he shows so much bravery against these yeah. nine Nazgul, these terrifying beings. And this little hobbit is standing up to him. And that really shows a lot of bravery. And I, I don't like that they remove that. That moment from I, him. I appreciate. I appreciate that. Um, it one hundred percent because you you get those moments from him uh, of bravery, but a lot of the time, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, his character gets a bit pathetic. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, it's the toll that the ring takes on him and all that. Um, but so we we make it to Rivendell. We do, and and they have a council. He, he comes back, and you've got Bilbo there to greet him. And all that, and all his friends and stuff. Which, by the way, please watch the cast commentary, learn a little bit. You can cut this later, but learn a little bit about (laughs) Gandalf and Bilbo and even Gandalf with Frodo and that that chemistry between them and how Ian McKellen did this scene. It's an absolutely beautiful scene and why he chose the, the direction he did. It's fantastic. But anyway. And so we're, like you said, the council. And this is where a lot of changes between the book and the film comes into play. You know, we, we've we've had a bunch. We've had characters not put in, characters that wore in and stuff um, it, it made up for in The Hobbit, you know, Ragas and all that. But this is really, you've got Gimli, Legolas, Boromir, Aramir. So, you know, you, you have the big council. Every race right. of Middle Earth is here other than the orcs and the orakai because and, and in the movies, this, they're not a race. Right. And you get this <laughs> this big dramatic scene, uh, um, elves against dwarves and shit, and a dwarf trying to chop the ring in half, which, by the way, fucking pay the fuck attention. He doesn't break his own fucking axe, okay? He grabs the axe of the dude next to him because he's not fucking gonna ruin his own axe (laughs) no he's not gonna risk his own weapon (laughs) and so no he doesn't break his own fucking axe he breaks the guy is is this a a real thing that people get upset about (laughs) that people have gotten upset about this and called it out and i get upset by other like 
Okay. So okay. anyway, but moving on. A lot of this on. does not fucking happen. So <laughs> yeah, like none of that happens. Gimli doesn't try to break the ring, and honestly, they shortened the council a lot in the movies. I'm and I'm so thankful that they did. I loved this part of the book. It, it could, provided it a lot <laughs> of backstory, yeah. and I mean a lot of backstory and dialogue in the movie or in in the book. But in the movie, you can't do that. The, this is literally pages and pages, almost like an entire chapter and a half is Gandalf talking about this history. And you can't right. do that uh, with the with the sequence in a movie because people are going to get real bored real quick. Yeah, I mean, real, you're, real quick. You're approaching hour two now, like you're crossing into the second hour already. And so this is a pivotal point in the movie, obviously, because you get. The name to the film. You get the fellowship. And obviously, just like in the film, these people just step up and say, you got my sword. My my axe. axe. You got my dildo. So in in the movie, you know, it's this big dramatic sequence and it plays so well on film. And it is it is a fantastic sequence. I really enjoyed it. it. Great fucking memes. (laughs) Can't simply walk into Mordor. No, so one does not. Yeah, <laughs> that's in, one of the best. In Sean the book, Bean, brilliant. <laughs> yes, yes. In the book, Elrond simply chooses each member of the fellowship after weeks after the council was held. Right. So this is, we, you know, they honestly, they're in Rivendell for quite yeah. some time in the book where it's significantly shorted. And and, and and honestly, in the book, it makes perfect sense. And it, it shows 100%. the intelligence. It shows just the the straightforward thinking the planning that went into this because i mean in the movies it's just kind of this haphazard like sort of like well let's almost see if this accidental shit the wall yeah. <laughs> you know um, in, in the book it, it's well better planned out mm-hmm. um and, and i mean you still get the fucking wrench in the cog you know but it's rushed yeah necessary well yeah they they had to rush it they had to change that and 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 i i do get that i 100 percent get that so we're moving on i know this is this has been going on for a while this is a long ass fucking movie watch the extended edition it's like four (laughs) hours long it's great and our podcast will be every fucking bit of four hours (laughs) yes that's right (laughs) that's right single single episode so again couple other little minor things stuff that doesn't change the plot doesn't change the story but one thing that is changed pretty significantly is boromir's character so boromir you can tell right off you know at the council you know he catches that glimpse of the ring and and not you know because in the book it's not just set out in front of everybody (laughs) so boromir You know, you can tell he is going to be corrupted by this ring. If he gets his hands on it, he is never giving this up. No. And in the movie, Frodo drops the ring and Boromir picks it up. And, you know, he's got this really profound quote. You know, it's a strange fate that we suffer so much fear and doubt over so small a thing. Which you know, not only wraps yourself into the, the, the focus of the ring, but also that quote applies to this hobbit yes it's not being said about the ring it is being said about the hobbit and you got to understand that because the fate yeah everybody's fate lies in this ring but truly what they're saying is this tiny little creature who appears so insignificant 
It's just like a butterfly flapping its fucking wings in the middle of an ocean. Well, and and the quote specifically in the book is said much later. It is said in the book, but it's not until much later until he actually tries to take the ring from Frodo. So that's he's he's got such a different differing personality where if he picked up the ring off the ground from Frodo, he would have never given it back to him in the book. So that was a kind of drastic moment. But I, you know, again, you've got to build this kind of tension and, you know, show this doubt that Boromir has and show the frailty of the will of men. And I like that they have this change in there, but it is a pretty different, big change between the, the the personalities right so and, moving um, moving on yeah we, we've we we've regressed a little moving. bit we're getting into the we're getting to moria right they need to travel through moria because this crazy snowstorm happened and they can't travel over the and mountains frodo is such a genius he's such genius. he saw it it's like it's you you just say friend man pal don't call me friend pal <laughs> don't call me yeah, okay, we're not going to get into that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, call mean, me pal, buddy. He calls um, it right. That's how it happens. So uh, this is this chat. is a little bit of a grievance that I have. Again, changing Gandalf's personality and changing his character. Gandalf is a wise old wizard, and they took away some of his wisdom. And you know, essentially, you know, he's sitting here struggling. Where in the book, you know, he pops up. And is like laughing that, oh my goodness, I have it. I know exactly what it is. And he just says the word and he, he gets this, but they give that to Frodo and it kind of, you know, yeah, it gives him more of an active part. It kind of gives this little bonding scene between them, but it just diminishes Gandalf's character in a way that well, I don't think and, was and necessary. This is one of those ones that I don't think was actually necessary to change. Honestly, it just keeps popping up while he is the gray because you get into the mines and he completely loses track of where he is and while that's more true it just cements what we've already been being told in the movie where he's you know e easily rattled um yeah it fits it, it fits his movie personality 100 percent, right um and, so, and it's it's just an un unintentional uh defect that happened yeah. from changing something so early on that they had so to continue. You've got this like angel being who's just kind of an aloof <laughs> kind of asshole at times, you know, because he just kind of like floats. To in be and fair, out. early on <laughs> when when he is with Saruman, Saruman does say that the Hobbit's leaf has dulled your yeah, senses. Dulled so. <laughs> senses, yeah. <laughs> so, but so uh, it, it it sets that up in the movie. I don't think that was necessary a necessary detraction from his actual personality so we get into moria honestly moria is pretty well done of course they elaborate on it it's more dramatic it's more intense for the movie but it's it's honestly not a huge issue with how they changed it because sure they changed the exact fight sequence but it can't be exactly what it is in the book that's fine. I mean, the only thing no, that they changed sequence is a vice sequence. The only thing that That's, they changed that that they had to for pacing was they spent quite a while in the in the mines, you know, so it's right. it's not, you know, the the whole helmet falls down the well and all of a sudden they're attacked. You know, it's days later. Right. That this but, attack I mean, happens. Honestly, so even I, with but, that, like 
they played that brilliantly. Oh yeah. Because oh you yeah. have Peregrine Took, who is now you've planted this seed that he is just a clumsy sort of hobbit that's going to stir things up unintentionally and so you've you've planted that seed into this already and so the the way that they did it was a a genius sort of uh foreshadowing of Mm -hmm. the future yep so we get through moria gandalf has this fight with the balrog honestly I would say the movie did that perfectly. Absolutely loved those sequences. And it's so he dramatic the pass. first time. Yes, no, he did not. He did not pass. You know, the first time you see it, it's <laughs> such a dramatic and crazy scene. I love that. Absolutely love that. They did not collect $200. They get out of Moria, and now they are in Lothlorien, where Galadriel is, you know, she's got this super cool mirror that shows people the future. Well, in the film, this isn't a, this isn't a future, big right? change, but I do think this is it shows was, Frodo everything. In yeah. The book, so correct? in in the movie, you know, Frodo happens to just <laughs> wake up in the middle of the night, walks with, you know, follows Galadriel, looks into the mirror and sees the destruction of the Shire in the book. Sam is with him and Galadriel beckons them to the mirror and Sam is the one who sees the Shire's destruction. And I get why giving that to Frodo makes it a little more dramatic for the movie, but it it kind of diminishes Sam's character significantly. Yeah. Sam it had a much bigger Sam. role in the book than he did in the movie. And for, mind you, in sure. the movie, he still had a huge role, but his role in the book was even bigger. And so he, it, they made him the Alfred of the, the Lord of the Rings. Like he's just his butler, you know, he's just his gardener. And honestly, sorry, honestly, like, like you said, like he's some of the scenes later on in the other movies, which we'll get to could have been more powerful if you knew that, that like Sam knew what could be and that's what's driving him. Oh, yeah. Um, now you're wondering what's driving him. Yeah. Is it just is his just friendship like, with Frodo? Is he just have Frodo? a hard on? Like, yeah. What? <laughs> What's driving this guy? Our minds you know, both went to the same the thing. Books. There's a lot of fan fiction out there about that, I bet. <laughs> With the books, you're like cemented this idea where he sees this future. He knows and, what's so at he stake has, here. So he pushes forward like, for that reason. One of very few people who knows this. Yes. You know, nobody else knows this. It's probably him, Gandalf, Gladriel, and a handful know yep. this. But him. And so he has this purpose, but you've stripped that away from him now. And so now next coming up is uh, Frodo tempts Gladriel with the ring and she goes all dark black and and then she denies it. Right. She's like, I passed this test a plus, <laughs> but in the book, yeah, it's, nay. it's a lot more simple than that. And it honestly, I, I think it shows too much it it lessens galadriel's will and the will of the elves and how strong they can be you know will they be corrupted sure she admits in in the the book you know she can't take it but in the book it's simply frodo says i will give you the one ring if you ask for it and she denies it 
because she knows she can't take it. But which it's, honestly, the the simplicity in that is just as powerful. And it really in my is. Opinion. It really and, is because it shows like that she said, she has the the wherewithal to deny it and to admit her 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 shortcomings. That if she right. takes it, it would be bad. Whereas in the movie, her getting this real crazy dark moment and getting all super you know evil and stuff that's not galadriel that's not the elves and so again, and again we talk about diminishing a character's fucking, personality again, blanchett is fucking genius you Amazing. could have pulled off that scene you know so the other way i, I feel like it well. was unnecessary you know but it, is it good for film sure that was a badass scene that was crazy as fuck <laughs> nobody was expecting that you know, it looked good on screen, but it, I don't yeah. think it was necessary. I think it would have been just as powerful to I, have her admit yeah. calmly. I, I completely agree and with deny. that. So now we're we're pretty much at the end of the movie here. Really, the yeah. only major difference after this is after Boromir tries to steal the ring, where, yeah. you know, Frodo meets with him, Boromir tries to steal the ring, which was pretty much on par. That was almost exactly book to movie. I, I loved that the, scene. The genius part is that that was Aragorn. That was his first day of filming for the movie. Which <laughs> the intensity that he brought to that scene and, and it Sean followed Bean, him the entire the, rest of. Yes, yeah, the it was constant fantastic. professional. You know, he famously only had a couple months to prepare where everybody else had like six months. He had just a, a short limited time and he really cemented his, his role. And, you know, Sean Bean obviously go, was fucking prolific before the movies and definitely prolific after the movies. And, and they all play their characters perfectly, especially in this scene. And you get these Urukai who, like you said, are portrayed as just tools and they live up to that reputation in this scene. And they, they just do and have out this battle. They and, have this crazy battle and Aragorn yeah. meets up with Frodo and they they fight off some Orakai and Frodo's like, you know, I can't stay with these people. I'm endangering them. I need to go off on my own. And he goes to find this boat. Sam meets up with him and they sail off. Cool. I, I get that. And that's that's not bad. And this sets up, you know, a, a lot going on. And it kind of shows this camaraderie between them with Aragorn giving him his blessing. But in the book, he Frodo doesn't meet with any other member of the Fellowship after yeah. Boromir tried to take the ring. He doesn't even know the Orokai are attacking. And, and I feel like this is one of those things. In the book, they set him up as this very brave character. And if he knew that the Orokai were attacking and fighting with his friends, he would definitely yeah. step back and help 100%. But this kind of show it. And again, it's kind of showing more cowardice of Frodo versus I'm how brave he can really sure be about that, though. Because me, I, I, I sort of see it as bravery in a different way. I see sort of as his, his leaving his departing is he knows what his task is at this point yeah he knows what he has to do I mean, but he it's can't fucking wait it's around just it's such a change from how he would how his personality is in the book i agree i i would much rather have seen him sort of be a little bit more headstrong take you on headstrong take on anyone um <laughs> sorry can we're gonna get a suit but he does he does save sam from drowning yeah you know he does movie so and honestly, you know. he was about to leave Sam in the movie too, which was honestly uh, a little like <laughs> okay, what? 
you guys are in this together. But what but it does that's do that's the is, thing with the book where he doesn't even yeah. know this is going on. Him and Sam right. leave through the boat, and it's a perfect Which departure makes for a lot them. More sense, sort of. But the way they do in the movie, it it gives Boromir the redemption factor. And, you know, it, gives it does. Him no, see, I I wasn't even going to go into Boromir's death because honestly, in the book, it's literally just discussed at the beginning of the next book the next book yeah, and we're not given an, an actual yeah. account on how he died or anything like that but so in the movie i really connects, like the movie. in the movie it connects aragorn to gondor it does that's what the scene does and, and it tells you aragorn is the king it, it makes that bond and that plays into the movies from here on out so i i oh. get it so there there's there's the end. That's the end of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. It's four hours later. We've got this amazing piece of film. It honestly, you know, we we have our grievances, we have our thing, you know, but the movie I, I is so well done. Just being brought into the woods, being brought into the Shire, seeing that dragon fireworks and, and just being that young kid and being oh, like man. just awestruck you know absolutely wonderful so i love the book i love the movie and it's so i feel like with these movies it's honestly probably the easiest work to separate from the source material it's easy it's the easiest yeah to watch that separately than comparing it to the book at the same time and i yeah. love it absolutely love it so i said the la when we finish the hobbit when we when we end each of these we're going to go ahead and do our our reviews so okay. yeah uh book out of five out of five I'd give this one a four I, I i would give it a four and a half and the only reason it's not a perfect score and i'm sure you have very similar reasons is there's a lot of description and honestly it can feel very tedious and boring to read some of these parts especially the yeah. council uh in rivendell where it's just pages and pages of history and to a lot of it's, people, that's not going to hold your attention as long. You know what? It, it's why I love the Elder Scroll series, because you can just get lost in history. That's what this is. Yes. You know, it's a it's a historical accounting. It's a it's a war book for a era that never existed. And, and you know, it, it's great for the film. I give it a five. Five. Five out of five. And that it should is, have been obvious to you guys listening from it's us. It's a perfect It is chapter a one. high fantasy, you know, medieval magic and dwarves and elves and, you know, orcs and this just wonderful, intense it story. welcomes you in so Yes. Easily. It introduces you. And like he said, it introduces you very slowly, but... At the end of this, you have experienced a large amount of yeah. Middle Earth, and it's not even half of it yet. There's still no. so much to explore, but it, it welcomes you into this world, and it sets up the next movie so well. And we are very excited to talk about that. All to come. Next time on Two Dads and a Podcast. You know, we're going to get into that. Of course, we've got another top five next week. Next week, we're going yep. to be doing, in favor of Lord of the Rings, we're going to be doing our top five rings of power. So it could, you know, we've got, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot. Well, I'm not going to get into it, but there's a lot yeah. <laughs> of rings in, in fiction 
And, I don't think you realized how many there were until I <laughs> brought up the idea. Oh man, I'm I'm very excited for that. And then we we we've got another interview next week as well. But when we continue the Lord of the Rings, we'll be getting into the Two Towers to continue this book yeah, movie man. series. Very excited Come on, for bring that. Bring it on. Very very bring excited. Bring it that. on. So guys, if you have <laughs> a moment that changed from book to movie that you feel was big enough that it should have made our list or you just want to talk about a little bit of it, please reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email us at 2 2020 at gmail.com. Comment on one of our YouTube videos if you want to. Don't forget to check out our Patreon where for $5 a month you can watch me eat bowls of cereal. That's right. Bowls of cereal. Plus, you know, we, we have uh, some extended interviews, so you, you can watch me and Bo Billingsley uh, casually converse about UFOs for 20 minutes and plus. Also watch <laughs> him make things extremely awkward Shrek on porn more than one occasion. Shrek porn parody versus Shrek the musical. Uh, That's probably one of the most awkward right. moments I've ever had. No difference to me in my eyes. <laughs> so guys, so. as always... <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We love you all.